0: Welcome to OECD Podcast, where policy meets people.
1: Not everyone has an equal opportunity to transform their ideas into a business. OECD research shows that if everyone was as active in business creation as core age men, that's to say 30 to 49 year olds, there could be an additional 9 million people starting and managing new businesses in just the European Union alone. In fact, across OECD countries, there could be as many as 35 million more entrepreneurs. This startling amount of missing entrepreneurs and the missed business opportunities are due to several factors, including greater difficulties accessing finance, skills gaps, underdeveloped networks, and institutional barriers, like the lack of childcare and discouraging social attitudes. So these barriers or these obstacles are often interrelated and are more acute for youth, women, immigrants, seniors, and the unemployed. Of course, the COVID-19 pandemic has increased many of the gaps in entrepreneurship. Entrepreneurs from underrepresented and disadvantaged groups were more likely to work reduced hours, and some of them even had to close their own businesses. Today, we're going to discuss approaches to inclusive entrepreneurship policy, which aims to open up opportunities in entrepreneurship to everyone with an idea for a sustainable business regardless of their backgrounds and characteristics. Harnessing this untapped potential can uncover new ideas, create jobs and contribute to economic growth, which are central to plans for the economic recovery going forward. I'm Shane McLaughlin and you're listening to OECD Podcasts. So to discuss these issues today, we have David Halabiski joining us, who is a policy analyst in the OECD Centre for Entrepreneurship, SMEs, Regions and Cities. And is the author of a new oecd report that we're going to discuss today called the missing entrepreneurs david welcome to oecd podcasts it's great to be here thanks for uh, having this discussion i'm looking forward to it as are we all so let's launch um straight in david you've been working on this project for a for a number of years and i think this is in fact the sixth edition of the report missing entrepreneurs so i guess the obvious starting point for our podcast today would be you know, to really lift the lid on the big secret of what we mean by missing entrepreneurs. So, David, if you could just paint us a picture of who these mo- missing entrepreneurs are for our listeners.
0: Sure, Shane. Well, I think we need to take a step back to start with, and we need to consider who are entrepreneurs and what do they contribute to our economy? Now, of course, entrepreneurs have an extremely important role in our societies, they are innovators, risk takers, and they're key drivers of our economies. Now, what they do is they start new business startups, they bring ideas to life, they invest in our communities, and of course, they create jobs for other people. Now, the issue that we explore in our work is that not everyone has an equal opportunity to be able to be successful as an entrepreneur to create a business and to have it sustain over time. Now, there are different ways in which we can look at these inequalities. Uh, the obvious one to start with is activity rates. So who is active as an entrepreneur and who is not being active as entrepreneur? So we can measure that with different metrics, uh, you know, new business creation rates, self-employment rates, And regardless of the metric you look at, we see that there are clear gaps when you look at certain segments of our population. Uh, So women are about 60% as likely as men to be involved in business creation and self-employment across EU countries and OECD countries. You can see similar gaps when you look at youth. Uh, Youth tend to be very interested in entrepreneurship. In fact, many surveys show that about 45% indicate that they would prefer to be an entrepreneur rather than an employee. But when you look at the data, only about 5% of young people under 30 are actively working on a startup or working as self-employed. So what we look at in this new report, the missing entrepreneurs 2021 that we have prepared with the European Union um, are really
1: these gaps across the population. You've touched on a a number of key points there that really, um, yeah, helps us understand better who uh, these missing entrepreneurs are, what's their profile and so on. So, in fact, I was recently talking to a fellow and rather learned OECD colleague about the groups that you've mentioned, um, young people um, amongst those. And he was of the opinion that, well, it doesn't matter if, for example, young people aren't starting and managing businesses. And I guess this raises the question on why we should care if entrepreneurs are indeed missing. So, David, if you could just break that down for us, that'd be great.
0: Sure. Well, there is an important point to pause on here, and that is that you know, not everybody can be successful or will be successful as an entrepreneur. Uh, an entrepreneur requires certain skill set, uh, certain motivations, and a certain comfort level with taking risk. And not everybody has all of those attributes. And so we have to be careful not to expect that everybody will be an entrepreneur. And this is particularly important when we're talking about government policy. We have to be careful that governments are not trying to encourage and push everybody to be an entrepreneur. That's not what this is about. Um, What we are looking at is trying to level the playing fields that people do have the motivations and skills, they can give it a shot. Now, these missing entrepreneurs are people who do have ideas, or at least some of them, and some of them do have the ability to go on to be successful entrepreneurs. And so if we're able to close some of these gaps in entrepreneurship, uh, we can see clear economic benefits uh, through innovation, or perhaps innovation transfers when we're looking at immigrants. There is certainly potential for job creation. You know, if we look at women entrepreneurs, clearly this is a group that has, uh, on average, quite high skill levels. And so we need to look at how we can untap this potential to realize the economic benefits. There are various estimates out there. Uh, Some people have done um, estimates that say if you close the gender gap in entrepreneurship, Global GDP would increase by 2%. Uh, Various countries have tried to do similar things as well. Canada, for example, estimates that if we close some of these gender gaps, you would add $150 billion to GDP.
1: But I think that's really helpful. You've um, successfully, I think, um, broken down and explained these opportunities, which are indeed important. And that, well, not everyone has cracked up to being an entrepreneur and that we shouldn't be pushing people into entrepreneurship. I'll definitely report back to our colleague and encourage him to listen into this podcast in, uh, in early December when it comes out to, to clarify that. But I wanted to turn now to why these entrepreneurs or these missing entrepreneurs are indeed missing. David, um, what are some of the factors that underlie or trigger this situation of having a dearth of entrepreneurs from underrepresented groups in society?
0: Yeah, Shane, so as as we've been talking about, I think it's really about differences in access to opportunities. And if we're looking at opportunities in entrepreneurship, I would tend to break them into two categories. So we see the challenges in two different groups for these populations. The first type of challenge is biases in the institutional conditions. And so this means all of the factors that influence a decision uh, to work or to work as an employee versus a self employed person. And so we're talking about factors such as uh, taxation and how does tax influence the decision of labor market activities by a second earner in a household, for example? How does the availability of childcare and maternity supports influence uh, a woman's decision to work as an employee versus uh, a business owner or access to? employment insurance, and so on. Another important one is benefits. So these population groups on average are more likely to be drawing on various benefit systems, whether they be uh, related to unemployment or disability uh, or so on. And the interaction between these benefits also can be an important influence.
1: Yeah, that's that's very interesting to unravel, like some of these institutional conditions and and barriers that you spoke about to to entrepreneurship. But but now I wanted to turn our attention to the COVID situation, inevitably. <laughs> in fact, I can't think of one policy area that we work on at the OECD that hasn't been mildly or severely impacted by the pandemic, which in fact now started about twenty one months ago. But David, I was going to actually ask, has Anything changed regarding entrepreneurship and these underrepresented groups that you've been speaking about due to the COVID 19 pandemic? But I think it would be more fitting if I rephrased it has, like, what has changed regarding the COVID crisis for entrepreneurs?
0: Sure. Well, COVID, of course, was extremely difficult for business owners, particularly those who are operating micro businesses and even the self employed. And If you look at the groups that we're talking about today, uh, so women business owners, immigrant business owners, young business owners, these groups were the ones that tended to be disproportionately impacted. So this means uh, they were more likely to close their business. Now, why is this? Well, I think a lot of it is related to the types of businesses that these groups run. So on average, these different groups were more likely to be operating in service sectors mostly personal services, but also tourism related sectors. So clearly these businesses were more likely to face more severe interruptions. This of course has a greater impact on their ability to earn income. Not surprisingly, you know, if we look at the data, if you look at the OECD Facebook World Bank survey, for example, we see a clear gender gap in business closure rates. Women were almost one third more likely than men to have closed their business in 2020. Some of the trends that we saw before COVID were rapidly accelerated. Uh, The obvious one is digitalization. And there are many different facets to digitalization. Of course, those businesses that were operating online were better able to continue their business activities throughout the pandemic. So there's a clear benefit to being online. Governments also moved a lot of their support programs online. Uh, This helped uh, improve the outreach actually. So they were able to reach businesses and individuals in rural areas better than they probably would have otherwise. But we have to be careful because this is actually also a barrier for the groups that we are talking about. Uh, There are digital skills gaps in many of the population groups. A second fundamental issue is that we saw the self-employed were really heavily impacted by COVID. In the first half of 2020, a government support was not so successful at helping them. They tended to fall between the cracks of the support for businesses and the support for employees. So this has reinvigorated the debate among governments around social protection for the self-employed. And we're starting to see this gain traction, particularly in the EU. And there's some high level discussions going on. The final point is that the relationship between entrepreneurs and governments might have changed. Uh, We saw governments acted very quickly. They rolled out support packages very quickly. And we saw extremely high take up rates. You know, if you look at the Netherlands, for example, they estimate that more than half of the business population used at least one of the support measures. And this is absolutely astounding, much higher take up than we saw before COVID. So the point is that this has been strengthened and hopefully this can improve the use of government support programs in the future.
1: We all know people who are placed in, in a tricky situation you know, as impacted by COVID. I mean, amongst my Paris based friends often feel like I'm the only one who isn't an entrepreneur or self employed, but certainly I know the stories and they got hit really hard during the pandemic. I just wanted to move now. I mean, seemingly, it would be quite tricky to work out where the missing entrepreneurs are in our cities, towns and villages. So David, how do we find them and like subsequently provide support to these missing entrepreneurs?
0: Yeah, that's a good question because it's not so straightforward. How do you find these people? And I think the critical element for this, for governments, is that they have to use uh, self-selection mechanisms. There's been a lot of investment in entrepreneurship education. And so this is one way to inform people about what entrepreneurship is and what it's like to be an entrepreneur. But when you're looking at government programs, as I said, self-selection needs to be a critical element. And we see this in a lot of examples of youth entrepreneurship programs. Um, There are many, such as the Prince's Trust Youth Enterprise Program in the UK, or the National Youth Entrepreneurship Program in Hungary. These support offers are offered in stages, and so that you offer a little bit of support to a lot of people at the beginning, and then in order to get further support, you have to uh, require the participants to go through, uh, you know, jump through certain hoops to qualify for further support. So this means that those people who have the motivations to continue uh, will continue. And if they can demonstrate some success, uh, they get a little bit more support. So from a government's perspective, this is great because you are focusing the most intensive support on those who are most likely to succeed. But at the same time, you're giving everybody the opportunity to give it a shot.
1: It's good to hear about some of these kind of uh, tailored um, uh, support initiatives um, from governments for, uh, for entrepreneurs. Um, but David, if I was to ask you um, a key question, and just as we wrap up, I mean, what would be the key priority for governments in terms of addressing the issue around missing entrepreneurs?
0: Well, Shane, I think that there are really three priorities and we go into these in great depth in the new missing entrepreneurs report. But the first one is clearly governments need to do more in terms of offering tailored support. So tailored support for different population groups to meet the needs of different groups, tailored support to meet the the local conditions and there are many examples of how this can be done. Secondly, there are finance gaps that still need to be addressed. And there's an important tool that we call microfinance that is specifically designed to offer financial support to groups that have difficulties accessing traditional loans and traditional investments. And these are generally offered through microfinance institute. The market is about 130 billion uh, per year but there is a gap still of uh, about 14 billion, which is 10%. uh, uh, So there's unmet demand for this type of finance. So governments can inject more capital uh, directly or indirectly into this market to try to uh, boost the availability of the supply of microfinance. And then finally, I think there is still a need to address the skills challenge. Uh, There are still skills gaps across the population Uh, Financial literacy is a big one, uh, particularly as financial markets are evolving quite rapidly. We're seeing a lot of innovation, the emergence of fintech. Um, These could be useful tools to help address the finance challenge for some of these entrepreneurs. Coaching is another one that we've seen a great deal of success in, in a lot of these tailored programs. Uh, and even peer learning is one that we see emerging. Uh, there are growing numbers of peer learning programs, such as um, one for women entrepreneurs in Ireland called Going for Growth uh, that puts women together in groups. And that's got the added benefit of helping them to grow their networks.
1: Yeah, that's great. I mean, in terms of peer learning, the the, the topic we're just, just touching upon, I imagine that there's loads of resources out there that can help entrepreneurs and those wanting to get into business here. I guess I'm thinking about, you know, podcasts, indeed, you know, videos, blogs and other types of content that are available for free, you know, all over the web, all over the net that could complement, as it were, the tailored support that you've been describing. Well, I mean, that brings us to the end of um, today's OECD podcast. Thanks, David, for touching on a number of key points. Um, and for this rich discussion, looking at how we can do more to address this situation of the missing entrepreneurs. Thanks, Shane. It was a pleasure. To further explore the OECD's work on missing entrepreneurs, you can visit our website at www.oecd.org CFE. You can also follow us on Twitter, OECD um, underscore local, and look for us on LinkedIn, OECD local.
0: To listen to other OECD podcasts, Find us on iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and soundcloud.com slash OECD.